Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Thank you so much for tuning in on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, If you're a part of the Grace Place NYC family, I know I've been saying this to you quite a bit over the last two weeks, but I just want you to know that uh, I love you, that I've been praying for you every day, um, and that uh, I've been thinking about you a lot and I miss you. I can't wait until we finally get to meet face-to-face. We're going to have a big old uh, TGP NYC party for the ages, and so um, just want you to know that I am for you and uh, I have your back, and I've been praying for you, and, and I love you very, very much. Um, I hope you're staying encouraged through all of the craziness that's happening here in New York City, and uh, I just want you to know that we are going to get through this together. You're not alone. Uh, we might get get it together virtually because we're adhering to the social distancing rules, but we are going to get through this together. This too shall pass. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and I promise you that, Um, because we are surrounded by the presence of God, even when we feel like everything is out of control. And I know many of us feel like that, especially right now, where we just feel like, um, man, we, we just feel like we don't have any control. We don't have control to, to go outside and, and, and go to the park like we used to. We don't get to go to the office anymore. Uh, we don't get to fly anywhere anymore. All, uh, you know, most of our control has been taken away from us. But I want you to know that even when it feels like God isn't in control, God is in control. He is in control of COVID-19, and he is in control, more importantly, of your life and of the purpose and plans that he has for you. So I want you to know that we are going to get through this, and let's do it together, and let's continue to trust him through this. Um, and, And I know it's easier said than done. You know, New York City is now the epicenter of COVID-19 here in the United States and maybe even the world. And uh, I know things can get scary. I know anxiety can enter our minds and our hearts. Worry can enter our hearts uh, from so many different angles. Uh, But I want you to know that if we trust God, he's going to bring us through this. And he is faithful and he is trustworthy. So let's trust him through this challenge that we have at hand. Um, I'm going to speak to you from Psalm 91 today. If you haven't been reading this psalm, I want to encourage you to read it for yourself because there are so many promises for us as believers in this psalm. And it is such a powerful chapter. Um, I've been reading and meditating and praying over this psalm the last couple weeks over and over and over, and I've just been speaking it over uh, my loved ones and my life, and it has really, really ministered to me, and I believe that this psalm is going to minister to you today as well. The interesting thing about this psalm is that the author is anonymous. Some scholars believe that the author of this psalm is Moses, 
and that it was inspired as he was leading the people out of Egypt um, into the promised land and that it was inspired during those 40 years of wilderness. While other scholars believe that David may have wrote this and a lot of people just don't know. For some reason, God wanted the author to be anonymous, but either way, what a wonderful chapter Psalm 91 is. What a blessing it is. And it is so relevant for what we're going through right now in our world. And so if you haven't had the opportunity to read it for yourself yet, after this message, I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles and just read it and read it again and then read it again and then read it again and again and again. And I promise you it's going to minister to you. So let's go ahead and read Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. And a buckler is simply just a small shield. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. When Priscilla was 16 years old, she answered an altar call at her church, and one of her mentors prayed a word over her that has ministered to her uh, over the last several years when she's been going through lonely times or lonely seasons in her life. And, and this person, when she was up at the altar praying for Priscilla, she said this, don't mistake loneliness for aloneness. Don't mistake loneliness for aloneness. Some of us are feeling lonely right now, quarantined in our home and not allowed to see any of our friends or family. We're, we're antsy, we're chomping at the bit, we're restless, and we're really struggling with feeling lonely right now. Some of us are feeling isolated right now. Some of us are really struggling with this right now. We're, we're, we're struggling being stuck in our apartment or in our home or, or wherever you're at right now. We're, we're just struggling with the feelings of, of loneliness and isolation. 
And instead of viewing this as a time of loneliness, I want you to view this time as an opportunity for aloneness with your heavenly father. And those are two very different things. Loneliness and aloneness are two drastically different things. Loneliness is of the devil, but aloneness is from God. Loneliness feels hopeless, but aloneness is where our hope and our help comes from. Loneliness is a burden, but aloneness is a gift from God. Like I mentioned before, there are so many promises in Psalm chapter 91. For example, uh, this chapter said, God's going to deliver us from the snare of the fowler and pestilence. It says we won't be afraid by the night terrors. It says a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 by our right hand, but we won't be touched. It says that no plague will come near our dwelling. Uh, it says that God will release angels to protect us. And I could keep going on and on and on, but I want you to notice that all of these protections are conditional based on verse number one. And I want to read that verse to you. All of these promises of protection, they're conditional based on this verse at the beginning of the passage. And it says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, this person will be entitled to all of these protections laid out in this chapter. All of these promises of protection and deliverance and angels that we love to quote are conditional based on if you and I dwell in the presence, in the secret place of the Most High. The word dwells is the Hebrew word yeshav, and it literally means to sit, to sit. Okay, I've got a prophetic word from the Lord for some of y'all, and it's sit your butt down. That's what God is saying to you right now. Some of y'all are chomping at the bit, restless and antsy and stir crazy because of this quarantine. But God is saying to you, son or daughter, I just want you to sit down and dwell in my secret place. I want you to, to stop uh, being full of worry and angst and, and anxiety. And I want you to sit your butt down in my presence so that I can calm you down and let you know that it is going to be okay. Amen. Some of you listening to this needed to hear that word. Sit your booty down. Okay. That's what you need to do right now. He who sits in the secret place. When you go to someone's home and you and you go in and they say, come on over here and sit down a little, a little while. What does that mean? It means that they want you to stay for a while. And if they don't say that to you, it might mean they don't want you to stay. But, but, but what is God saying? He's saying, I want you to sit for a while. I, I want to I talk to you. I want to connect with you. I want to let you know some things. But in order for you to hear from me, you need to sit down. The secret place that, that, that is found in verse 1 is referring to a place of hiddenness. The secret place is a place where you don't take anyone with you. It's only you and God. The secret place is a place where you go completely 
naked to, stripped of your ego, stripped of your facades, stripped of your act. In other words, this is a place of complete vulnerability and transparency. This is a place where secrets between you and God are exchanged. In the secret place, you will find safety, stability, and security. If you don't enter into this, you are going to miss out on everything that this chapter entails after verse number one. So it's important that we understand and that we get verse number one. Jumping down to verse six, it tells us that we will not be afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness. That word pestilence is referring to a plague or a disease. In our English dictionaries, the word pestilence means a deadly or virulent epidemic disease. If this doesn't describe the coronavirus and everything that we're going through right now in our world, then I don't know what does. May I humbly submit to you a thought that I had this week. I believe that there is another pestilence at work within us. I believe that there is another invisible virus that is spread across humanity and is being exposed in this moment. Maybe while we're focused on flattening the curve of the coronavirus, we are blinded to this other deadly virus that is taking people out left and right. The virus I am referring to is the virus of loneliness that creates a sense of hopelessness inside of us. People are going insane right now with this quarantine. I saw a report earlier this week that even though the governor of California told people to stay home, that the beaches over the weekend were completely full. There are folks who are losing it because they are forced to stay in their homes. It's funny that a lot of the noise that we hear about people complaining about the shelter in place or the quarantine are people that actually have uh, an upstairs and a downstairs and basements and backyards and front yards. They actually have a little bit of space, not, not like a small little 600 square foot apartment where, uh, where you're all cramped in. Uh, it's funny that, the, that it's, it's people with all of this space uh, that are making all the noise out there. Uh, the Surgeon General said that the virus is going to get worse if people don't listen. It's funny how we don't value things until we lose them, right? All of a sudden, we miss face-to-face -face interactions with humans, yet our entire world has devalued this for years as smartphones. Our iPhones and Androids and all the other smartphones out there, they have literally taken over the world. When we're in line at a coffee shop with our friends, what are we doing? We're, we're scrolling on our phones or we're texting somebody or we're, or we're emailing somebody. How many times have I been at a restaurant and I've seen entire families sitting at a table and none of them are looking at one another? They're all on their phones doing their own thing in the virtual world. At home, instead of playing chess or Scrabble with my son, there's many times where, where I neglect him uh, while I'm just buried in my phone looking through Facebook or Instagram or, or sending an email or sending a text or doing whatever. 
Do you remember a time when we used to be bored? You remember a time when there was actually something called boredom? When we were in line somewhere, we would just stand there until it was our time to check out. Or when we were going to the bathroom, we just sat there until we were finished. Young people listening right now, they don't even understand what I'm talking about. They don't even, they don't even know what I'm talking about. My kids believe that the sole purpose of me being alive is to guarantee that they never get bored. You know, sometimes when the kids come up to Priscilla or, or I and they tell us that they're bored, you know, I tell them, good. That's actually good for you. You don't need to be constantly entertained. It's good to just sit there and be bored sometimes. You know, I don't think that God caused the coronavirus, but I do think that he's using what's happening in our world today to expose things in our heart that we've been living with for a long, long time. I think he's exposing the greed in our hearts. There's a reason why nobody can get toilet paper or hand sanitizer or, 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 or paper towels you know, or medical masks. There's a reason why we, we can't get our hands on these things. It's because people are hoarding because they're walking in greed. I, I think he's also exposing our addiction to work and busyness. I think he's exposing that. And I think he's exposing our fear of being alone and isolated and lonely. I think he's exposing that fear inside many of us and inside of our hearts. Instead of allowing our hearts and minds to be filled with anxiety and fear, we need to view this quarantine as an invitation to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Verse number one of Psalm 91, that is an invitation for you and I to go into the presence of God and sit for a while. That is God inviting us in. Dwelling equals rest, while not dwelling equals fear and anxiety. And we get to choose what we want every single day that we wake up. If you're on your phones all day reading news articles or, sc or scrolling through social media or playing video games, it is not a surprise if you are dealing with loneliness, anxiety, fear, and worry. Remember, for Jesus' followers, he is inviting us into aloneness, not loneliness or isolation. And so I want to give us two opportunities that await us if we accept the invitation into aloneness. Uh, and the first opportunity is aloneness is an opportunity to unplug. Aloneness is an opportunity to unplug. If you're not an essential worker and you are quarantined at home right now and you have extra time on your hands, you must accept the invitation to unplug from the frenetic pace of life. You must accept the invitation to unplug from the crazy pace of life that we are all living in currently. You must uh, accept the invitation to unplug for an extended time from the virtual world. You, you need to unplug from Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and 
all of the other streaming services that you are binge watching TV shows and movies on right now. You must accept the invitation to unplug from all of those things. Uh, John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, said this, So many people live without a sense of God's presence through the day. We talk about his absence as if it's this great question of theodicy. And I get that. I've been through the dark night of the soul. But could it be that with a few set exceptions, we're the ones who are absent, not God? We sit around sucked into our phones or TV or to-do lists, oblivious to the God who is around us, with us, in us, even more desirous than we are for relationship. Instead of viewing this as an opportunity to binge watch The Office one more time, what if we took this as an opportunity to enter the secret place? To enter the secret place and to sit for a while in his presence. The Catholic father and social critic Ronald Rollheiser said this, We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. We are distracting ourselves with phones and Netflix and Amazon Prime and Instagram and all of the other mediums. We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. We can't be present with God anymore. We can't be present with one another anymore because we are just constantly distracted. Jesus modeled the secret life throughout his life and ministry. And I want to read a few passages from the gospel, uh, from the gospels where Jesus accepted this invitation of aloneness with his heavenly father. Matthew 14, 23 says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. This was actually right before Jesus walked on water. As soon as he was done with this alone time with his father, he went out onto the sea and performed one of the greatest, most famous miracles that we read about in the Gospels. Luke 6.12 says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. This was right before he chose his 12 disciples. Mark 1.35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there... He prayed. The New Living Translation translates the word solitary as isolated. The New American Standard uh, Bible translated as secluded. In other words, Jesus went to the secret place on a regular basis and usually before something big was about to happen in his ministry. Luke 5, 15 and 16 says, Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Now listen to this, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. How profound is this? The busier Jesus got, the more he withdrew to the secret place to spend time with his father. The more in demand Jesus got, the more famous Jesus became, the more often he withdrew from the crowds 
in order to go into the secret place and sit in the presence of God with his father. That that is a very profound thing that Luke recorded for us. When we get busy, sadly, the first thing to go in our lives is usually our time alone with God. And the second thing to to go uh, usually when we get busy is our church life. So number one, our time with God. Number two, our, our time with our church community. And, and that, is a, that, that is one of the reasons uh, a lot of Christians have such an anemic spiritual life because when they get busy, they do the exact opposite of what Jesus did, right? When Jesus got busy, he got famous, he got in demand, and people were wanting his time and his attention. The busier he got, the more he withdrew to the secret place. The busier we get, the more we isolate ourselves from God and isolate ourselves from our church family. One more example of Jesus withdrawing to the secret place. Right after Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, and uh, he comes out of the water and and the the Holy Spirit descends upon him and and his father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. And, and, and this baptism is actually Jesus' commissioning into full-time ministry, which this is a huge moment in the life of Jesus. Uh, l- let's look at the very next verse after this huge thing happened in the life and ministry of Jesus. And, and it says this in Matthew 4.1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know what's interesting here is the word wilderness here is the same word as the words lonely places or or solitude or or any of the other uh, passages of scripture that we read when Jesus went to to be alone with his father. The, The same word for lonely place is the word wilderness that is used here in Matthew 4 1. Maybe, just maybe, this season of quarantine and isolation is the Spirit of God leading you into the secret place. You know, I've always read the temptation of Jesus. The devil, uh, he chose to tempt Jesus at his weakest point. So he waited until Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he was at his weakest point. And then he came to Jesus in the wilderness to, to tempt him. But what if Jesus gained the strength and power to withstand the temptation of the devil from his month and a half quarantined in the secret place with his father? What if that was the case? What is currently sapping the life out of you could be God inviting you to receive strength and nourishment from him. Come on, somebody, that is good stuff. You might feel like this quarantine and and being stuck in your home is sapping the life out of you completely, but but God might be saying, come in and sit for a while, dwell in my secret place, and I'm going to infuse you with new strength. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to fill you, and I'm going to I'm going to pour out my spirit on you in ways that you have never encountered or experienced before. This quarantine is not only an invitation to enter the secret place, but also an invitation to unplug from all 
of the noise that is surrounding us and is distracting us. So the second uh, opportunity that I want to talk to you about that if we embrace this invitation into the secret place is this. Aloneness is an opportunity to experience God in new and fresh ways. When you accept the invitation into aloneness, what that means is that you are embracing silence and solitude. John Mark Comer says that there are two dimensions of silence that we need to, or two dimensions of noise and distraction that we need to silence. And it's external noise and internal noise. External noise means unplugging from our smartphones, TV, movies, Netflix, and social media. It means turning off the background noise so that you can enter the secret place with God. It's when you remove all distraction in order to be present with God. To be honest, I think most people can't hear God, not because he isn't speaking, but because there's so much noise and distraction around in their lives that they can't hear when God is speaking to them. It's not that God isn't speaking to them anymore. It's that they're so distracted with the external noise around them that they can't hear his voice. You know, for 17 years, I had my prayer time with God with worship music playing in the background. But a few years ago, I decided to shut off any external noise while I had my quiet time with God. And so I stopped listening to music and I prayed in silence. And it has been a huge blessing. It's changed my prayer life in really uh, significant ways. Whenever I pray now, I feel a greater sense of peace because I have removed distraction from even my quiet time. And so my prayer life has gone to another level because I simply unplugged that background noise while I was praying. And so I'm able to hear the voice of God much more clearly now. The African theologian St. Augustine said, entering silence is entering into joy. Entering silence is entering into joy. One of the things that really helped me embrace silence is that I don't check texts, emails, social media, or anything on my phone before I have my quiet time in the morning. And I, I do, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with this rule in my life. And it's been really, really helpful that before I check the news, before I check my Facebook feed, before I check Instagram, before I check any of my emails or text messages or any of that, that I spend time in the presence of God, soaking in the secret place of the Most High. And I would suggest that you do the same thing in your life as well. Why do we have the urge to constantly surround ourselves with external noise? Why do we constantly have the urge? Like every time I get into my car, the first thing I do is I flip on the radio or I start to turn on a podcast in my car. Uh, my wife, she can't sleep without white noise in the background, so we sleep with our TV on every single night. Uh, many of us can't sleep without a fan in the background. 
uh, or whenever we're commuting somewhere in the train or walking somewhere, some of us have to have something playing in our ears at all times. We can't stand silence. John Mark Comer suggests that maybe we're using the external noise to drown out the internal noise. The endless chatter running through our minds. Replaying mistakes and regrets that we've made over the years in our lives. The constant lust towards that guy or gal. The thoughts of having an affair that runs through our mind. Fantasizing about getting revenge on that person who did you dirty. Thoughts of inadequacy because your life doesn't look like the life you see someone else living on Instagram. All of this internal chatter and noise that never gets turned off. Maybe we're avoiding silence. Maybe we're avoiding turning off that external noise because we don't want to listen to the internal chatter and thoughts and verbiage going on inside of our brains constantly. As we silence the external and internal noise that is distracting us into spiritual oblivion, we are going to experience and encounter God in new and fresh ways that are going to simply revolutionize our relationship with God. It, it, our, our relationship with God and the power of God inside of us, it, it's going to increase in drastic ways as we silence the external and the internal noise that is so pervasive and so distracting in our hearts right now. And, 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 you know, the truth is, is that we can either choose to continue life as normal before COVID-19, or we can choose to experience God in new and fresh ways as we embrace what the author of Psalm 91 called the secret place of the Most High, the hidden place of the Most High, Th that place where you strip off the fronts that you've put on in front of everybody else, that place where you get completely vulnerable and transparent in front of God, where you, where you are real and authentic and genuine, when you let out your struggles, when you let out your deepest, darkest fears, that's the place that God wants you to go to. But you will never be able to get to that place if you don't silence the noise that is distracting you from entering into this secret place. It's time. It's time to put away our phones, to turn off the TV, to turn off the background noise. And this week, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to come into the secret place of the Father and sit for a while. He's inviting us into that place. He's inviting us into that place of silence and solitude where, where we're not listening to any of the voices out there, but we're listening to the most important voice, the still, small voice of God that we can only find in the secret place of the Most High.
And I want you to make sure and tune in next week because I'm going to talk and go into more detail and depth about the internal noise that keeps us from dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. But for today, I want to close our time together by praying Psalm 91 over you. So wherever you are at right now, wherever you are watching right now, I I just want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just take a deep breath and let out whatever you're going through. Take another deep breath. Let out the fear and the anxiety that's weighing you down right now. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to receive what the Spirit of God wants, how the Spirit of God wants to minister to you as I pray Psalm 91 over you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him, and show him my salvation. Amen. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about the Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.